Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology I am teaching my co-host and little sister Sarah Matthews biology A-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Episode 66, moving on from light-dependent reaction last week to the light-independent reaction this week. Mm -hmm. Okay, independent of light. It don't need no light. Okay. It's independent. independent. We are going to be looking at the light-independent reaction, which uses reduced NADP. (laughs) Which uses reduced NADP from the light-dependent reaction to form simple sugars. The hydrolysis of ATP, also from the light-dependent reaction, provides the additional energy for this. We need to know the light-independent reaction in such detail as to show that. Carbon dioxide reacts with a molecule called rubulose biphosphate to form two molecules of glycerate 3-phosphate, called GP. This reaction is catalyzed by the enzyme Rubisco. ATP and reduced NADP from the light-dependent reaction are used to produce the GP to triose phosphate. Some of the triose phosphate is used to regenerate rubulose biphosphate in the Calvin cycle, and some of it is converted to useful organic substances. So that is what we will be covering today. So, what do we know that so went far? In one ear and out the other. That's fine. <laughs> that reminds me of that message we had on Twitter where somebody was reading. Their textbook, and they said, I'm glad I found this podcast because it was going to go in one eye and out the other. And I was just like, oh, that is cool. So what do we know so far about photosynthesis? Uh, So the first stage is the uh, dependent reaction, like dependent reaction. And in that, it's very similar to the same as respiration when it's going through the the barriers. What are they called? Um, The electron carriers. Electron carriers. So not electron barriers. The, um, they're not barriers. They're carriers. The barriers, <laughs> uh, and they look a bit like hot dogs. And the light comes in, and the chlorophyll, and the electron gets really excited. And because it gets really excited, it decides to move out. Yep. So that's photoionization. And it goes into the next carrier, and then uh, it loses a bit of energy, gets a bit tired. But then more light comes and it gets super duper excited and it moves into the next one or it moves out. And uh, during this process, there is similar to that what happened in respiration. There's this the layer, the ATP synthase thing, and that makes ATP. You've remembered loads. I don't know how. And that's it, really good. Well, I do know how because I had to really like focus on it because it was really difficult. <laughs> so I had to try it like... When you were editing it? Well, when we did it and when we edited it. Yeah. Because it was so difficult to understand, I had to really focus on it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but you've remembered it. it So actually, uh, that's quite good. That that makes me feel good because it means that other people will have understood it. Yeah. So that's good. No, I'm really pleased. ADP plus a phosphate makes ATP. Yes. And um, um, oxygen is a waste product. Well done. (laughs) Jesus. 
Well done. Where does it take place? Chlorophyll. Yeah. So where is the chlorophyll in a chloroplast? In, in the in the coins. Yeah, the thylakoids. Thylakoids. In the thylakoids. Well done. <laughs> So, the three stages, you talked about photoionisation, so you talked about the chlorophyll getting ionised, so the chlorophyll absorbs light, or photons, or light photons, and that makes the electrons get excited, they gain energy, and it leaves the chlorophyll. The chlorophyll becomes ionised. The electrons go down the electron transfer chain, redox reaction, so a series of redox reactions, remember oil rig, oxidation is loss, reduction is gain, yep. so the first carrier gains an electron so is reduced <laughs> reduced reduced yeah so um and then it moves to the next I one that bit. <laughs> so it moves to the next one the carrier that's just left becomes oxidized because it's lost the electron the next one gets reduced and it's redox reduction oxidation reactions all mm -hmm. the way down Shower gel. it loses energy remember so it's losing energy as it goes down the chain of electron carriers and that drives the production of ATP. Yeah, so it drives protons through the thylakoid membrane into the thylakoid space, membrane space, and then that, that creates the gradient. Remember, it cre that yes. creates the gradient, so it's more in the space than there is in the thylakoid. So it um, pushes them into the synphase. Pushes them through the synphase, generating ATP as it yeah. goes. Well done. You talked about... So that that is photosystem two. The original and chlorophyll and it goes to one well done uh, and then it gets re-excited in assisted one and it leaves leaves and it goes to the nadp along with a proton that forms reduced nadp mm -hmm. and that goes and to sometimes the light it just goes back reaction. into number one sometimes it is cyclic so you get cyclic photophosphorylation so when it leaves and it goes down the electron transfer chain instead of going to the nadp it goes back to photosystem one so the only product would be the ATP. The electrons that originally left the first chlorophyll, the photosystem 2, are replaced by a process called photolysis, the splitting of water. Remember that? Yes. So we split the water, the electrons go into the first chlorophyll molecule that started the whole process off. Hydrogen? Yep, and then hydrogen and then the oxygen is... A waste product that goes out through the stomata. Mm -hmm. So we've made ATP and NADP. That is now going to go into the stroma for the light independent reaction. So if you look at the resource at teachmescience.co.uk or at any diagram in any textbook or revision guide that you have, then you will be able to see a series of reactions called the Calvin cycle. And that is what the light independent reaction is. It is using NADP and ATP in a cyclic series of reactions that converts carbon dioxide into useful organic substances. It likes to use that terminology, useful organic substances. But what it ultimately means is glucose, which is the product of photosynthesis that the plant uses. Like We learn throughout our school life, oh, a plant makes its food, makes glucose, it makes hexose sugars. Carbon dioxide goes into the leaf through the stomata. How many carbons does carbon dioxide, one molecule of carbon dioxide have? One. One. So it's a one carbon molecule. So that'll go in through the stomata and it'll go into the cell, into the stroma of the chloroplast. Okay, so it's going to go through all the membranes and all the things and end up in the chloroplast. 
Now that is going to combine with a five carbon molecule called ribulose biphosphate. Ribulose biphosphate. And it's often shortened to RUBP. But that really is only if you're writing it down. So you don't have to keep... If you're answering an exam question on the light independent reaction, you'd write RUBP instead of ribulose biphosphate. I'm going to remember that as RU Bill Paxton. Oh, RIP. Game over, man! The only man who has ever been killed by by an alien, a predator, predator, and... And a Terminator. And a Terminator. Yeah. Really, Napoleon. And a Terminator. Yeah. Sick. That is a catalyzed reaction, and you have to remember that the enzyme is called Rubisco. That is actually ribulose biphosphate carboxylase, but it's just Rubisco. When the five carbon and the one carbon molecules react together, an unstable six carbon molecule. You don't need to know the name of it. It doesn't matter what it is. It's unstable, and unstable means it's not going to stay together very long. And so what happens is it quickly breaks down, it splits into two lots of a three-carbon molecule called glycerate-3-phosphate, or GP. So instead of an unstable six-carbon molecule, we've now just got two lots of a three-carbon molecule, GP. All right? Mm -hmm. Now that GP is going to get converted into another three carbon molecule called triose phosphate in order for that to happen so in order for the gp to get converted to tp glycerate phosphate into triose phosphate we need to use some atp so some energy from atp for that so an atp gets hydrolyzed into adp and plus a phosphate so we're breaking down an atp molecule releasing that terminal phosphate with all the energy in the bond releasing all that energy for that process and then we also need some hydrogen ions as well for that process and that comes from the reduced NADP so the reduced NADP is going to leave it's going to lose some hydrogens become oxidized oxidation is loss loss of hydrogens okay so it's going to go back to just normal NADP not reduced NADP and probably go back to the LDR to pick some up electrons of some kind. What's and the LDR? Light-dependent reaction. Oh, okay. Probably go back to the thylakoid. Yeah. What happens now is that the triose phosphate can now be converted into the useful organic substance, or the glucose. Yes. This is, is that okay? Krebs cycle at me. Well, it is. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's important to remember is that the triose phosphate can be converted to glucose, but it can also be used to regenerate the ribulose biphosphate so that the cycle can continue. So if we don't regenerate ribulose biphosphate, there won't be anything to bind with the next carbon dioxide molecule that comes along. So got to keep regenerating that. You know, The cycles are about, it's about ending up with what you started with so that it can continue, okay? Yeah. Five out of every six molecules of triose phosphate is used to regenerate ribulose biphosphate, and one out of every six can be converted to glucose. Glucose is a six-carbon molecule. Triose phosphate is only a three-carbon molecule, and you make two every time the cycle turns. So if you think about it, 
the Calvin cycle has to turn six times before you can make one glucose molecule. So every time it turns, you make two triosphosphate. So it needs to turn three times for you to get six triosphosphate. Five go to regenerate in the ribulose 5-phosphate. One goes towards making glucose. But glucose is six carbons and triosphosphate is only three carbons, so you need two of them. So okay. in order to have enough triosphosphate to make one glucose molecule, it needs to turn six times. Does that make sense, Sarah? This cycle has got to happen six times for you to have six carbons because there's six carbons in one glucose. Yeah. And the other five, every single time, go back into the cycle to make Bill Paxton. Yeah. Or ribulose biphosphate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Paxton. <laughs> I just love him. I loved him. <laughs> Do you know what my favourite Bill Puxton film is? Twister. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch that. Right. So it's really actually quite inefficient. It's got to turn six times to make one glucose molecule. But at least it does. And that is a light independent reaction. That kind of is the whole process of photosynthesis. That's it. All okay. Right. Okay. I do want to do one more episode on plants though because i want to do an episode on talking about chlorophyll and the different pigments and just limiting factors and things like that because you can also get questions on that so that's probably quite important Important, yeah but the actual process of photosynthesis is done so should we do some exam questions yeah i've got four okay oh oh i forgot to mention in order to regenerate the ribulose by phosphate you need another atp so it's going to use another ATP to do that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, we do see that in the diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So question one, one mark. Where precisely in a cell does the Calvin cycle take place? I don't remember. The stroma. Oh yeah, the nostromo. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'll never gonna, forget it because you're going to put the alien theme in again, aren't you? No, I'm not going to put the alien theme in. I'm going to put in like an alien going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So stroma of the, of the chloroplast. Stroma, yeah. So it's the liquidy jelly bit mm-hmm. that's inside the chloroplast, but yeah. not part of those stacks, the granum stacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you've got to be really careful with this because stroma and stoma are both parts of a plant. Of a plant. So you've got to make Spell sure you get the R you in. You've got to get the spelling right for this. Yeah. Stroma, because a stoma is a single stomata. Question two, two marks. ATP and reduced NADP are two products of the light-dependent reaction. Describe one function of each of these substances in the light-independent reaction. Two marks. They're both used in the light-dependent reaction. So which bit of the light-independent reaction? I don't think there's any ATP used in an independent reaction, is there? In a dependent one? It's made... Yes, yeah, made, but it's not used. Not used. So you're answering more how it's used in the independent. The one we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, ATP is used to make the triose phosphate. Yep. It's used to provide energy. To make the triose To go from GP to TP. And it's also used making more of the Bill Paxton. Yeah, and also for e- making more... R-U-B-P. R-U-B-P, well done. So ribulose biphosphate provides a phosphate for that. Yeah. And what was the other one? Um, NADP. 
Oh. Reduced NADP. Uh, that is used making an ADP. So yeah. So during the same process of converting GP to TP, a reduced NADP gives up hydrogens and becomes NADP. NADP. Okay. That is your answers. There's your mark scheme. ATP provides energy for GP to TP, or it also provides a phosphate for Bill Paxton, or TP to RUBP. RUBP, or ribulose biphosphate. The reduced NADP provides electrons, or hydrogens, for the conversion of GP to TP. Question three is... Dun, 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 six marks. During the light-independent reaction of photosynthesis... Carbon dioxide is converted into organic substances. Describe how. Unstable compound gets broken into two. Right. How do we make the unstable compound? The carbon goes to it. What are the two molecules called? So what's this one carbon molecule up here? Do you want me to read the question again? Okay. During the light-independent reaction of photosynthesis, carbon dioxide is converted into organic substances. Describe how. What's this one carbon molecule up here? Is it a carbon dioxide? Yes. Oh, yes. CO2. Okay. Yes. What does it react with? Bill. Bill. Ribulose biphosphate. Okay. Wasn't there a thing here called risoli? Ribisco. Ribisco. Like a pasta? No. <laughs> What are you, like, having dinner with Bill Paxton? <laughs> having a pasta meal with Bill Paxton? On, on the Nostromo later. On Nostromo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, the carbon dioxide reacts with the ribulose biphosphate to make a six-carbon unstable molecule. First mark, CO2 combines with ribulose biphosphate. That forms the unstable compound. What does that break down into? Two three-carbon compounds. Called... So that's called glycerate 3-phosphate. Glycerate 3-phosphate. Yeah, or GP. You must have known I was never going to remember any of these. Glycerate 3-phosphate. GP. Okay. Okay. The GP gets reduced to... Triosphosphate. Triosphosphate. Well done. So the 3-carbon GP gets converted into a 3-carbon triosphosphate. And in doing so, we need to use some... ATP. ATP for energy. And... NADPH and NA reduced NADP, and then finally, a carbon goes, and then five of the other carbons stay. Okay, so the triose phosphate is converted to glucose, and an ATP is also used in that. And an ATP is used in that as well. Should you want me to go through that mark scheme again? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One mark carbon dioxide combines with ribulose biphosphate. Second mark that produces two glycerate three phosphate molecules or GP. Three marks, the GP is reduced to triose phosphate. Fourth mark, using reduced NADP. Fifth mark, using energy from ATP. And then the sixth mark, the triose phosphate is converted to glucose. Right, I've got a last question for you. Listen carefully. Yep. Heat stress is a condition that often occurs in plants exposed to high temperatures for a prolonged period of time. Heat stress decreases the light-dependent reaction of photosynthesis. Explain why this leads to a decrease in the light-independent reaction. Two marks. Is it something to do with because it's so hot, the cells are getting broken? 
No. So what's made in the light-dependent reaction that goes into the light-independent reaction? Na. Reduced NADP and NADP is used. And what else is used? The little arrows that go in. ATP. ATP. So if there's less of a light-dependent reaction, you're going to make less ATP and less NADP reduced. There won't be as much used then available for the light-independent reaction. Does that make sense? But you haven't got to explain why it's not working in the dependent reaction. No, you don't have to explain that. You just have to say there's less reduced NADP and there's less ATP. That's it. Okay. Because they're the only bits that go from one to the other. There's a carbon dioxide. But it'll always take carbon dioxide in. It just won't be able to convert your GP to TP without ATP and reduced NADP. Okay. God, that sentence. That sentence says. sounds so complicated if you don't know what I'm talking about. The ATP molecules and reduced NADP formed in the light-dependent reaction in the thylakoids move into the stroma to be used as part of the light-independent reaction, also known as the Calvin cycle, to convert carbon dioxide molecules into six carbon hexose sugars like glucose. Carbon dioxide is firstly combined with a five carbon molecule called ribulose biphosphate. This is catalyzed by the enzyme Rubisco. This forms a six carbon compound that is unstable and it quickly breaks down into two molecules of a three carbon compound called glycerate three phosphate or GP. Each GP is now going to be converted into triose phosphate, or TP, which is also a three-carbon compound. ATP is hydrolyzed to provide energy for this, and hydrogen ions are provided from reduced NADP. Triose phosphate can now be used in two ways. The first, it can be converted into useful organic compounds like glucose, and the second is that some will continue around the Calvin cycle to regenerate ribulose biphosphate. Five out of every six molecules of TP produced continue to regenerate ribulose biphosphate and one out of every six is converted to a hexose sugar like glucose. Two molecules of ATP are produced per cycle and as they contain three carbons each, two are needed to make organic compounds like hexose sugars. Therefore, it takes six turns of the cycle to produce one molecule of hexose sugar. Got any takeaways? There's a lot of confusing long words in this. <laughs> um, and all I really remember is that this happens in the nostroma. The stroma. The stroma, and not in the stoma. Definitely this not. Ha- this um, is... Carbon and the Bill Paxton mixed together. Yeah, so the ribulose biphosphate um, and one carbon and dioxide this forms molecule. an unstable compound, yep. which breaks down into two three carbon compounds that are called GP. Now, the GP is going to become the triose phosphate. That's right. And through this happening, there's going to be a reduced NADP and an ATP is going to be used. And then it's going to go up and Five of the carbons will go to the Bill Paxton. What's that called? <laughs> Ribulose biphosphate. And then one of them will stay and will make a glucose in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I might need a little tissue because <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you learning all this really hard biology <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah, and you have just told me that you like independent reaction in your little ways, <laughs> and I'm so proud of you. The wider reading is the a big Dow's new album. <laughs> Dow's new album, a big biology podcast. I was facing my fears the other day listening to the episode. I've got an irrational fear of, of Wales. Wales. Yeah, I can't watch the country. Them. No, not the country. How dare! <laughs> oh, what's occurring? Of the animal, the whales. I have an irrational fear of them because they're so big. So I can't look at them on the telly. I get a bit like. Get a bit sweaty. I get a bit. I actually do break into a sweat when there's whales I'm on the, the telly. I'm the same with spiders. They're just so big. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous, and I'd get really, I get really freaked out. So I was actually listening to an episode of Big Biology, and it talked about how they've evolved to become like these gigantic animals, and it's facing my fear a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's good. So if you'll listen to that, listen to that. They've got loads of episodes. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Okay. If you would like to contact us, I'd first of all like to apologise for using the wrong email address last week. I said Biocast instead of Biologycast. Doofus. And I only knew that when I listened back to the episode and I thought, that ain't right, what are you saying? Anyway, if you'd like to contact us, we have a website that is teachmescience.co.uk. You can go there, you can find all of the usual stuff that we talk about, resources and wider reading, all that stuff, and you can also listen to episodes. Uh, you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at teachmebiocast and on Instagram we are at teachmebiologycast and if you would like to you can support the pod by going to buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology and on there you can buy us a tea for £3 you please do so and then get in touch with any questions any just general chat what <laughs> You know, whatever. Yeah. I've got a few uh, things to say. Go. So I've been responding to the emails. A FIFA. Would you say that was a FIFA? I would, yeah. She said, hi, I love your podcast. Uh, that's basically the extent of it. She's also then, go- <laughs> <laughs> she then goes on to say that I'd forgotten to put the revision sheets up for the bonus episode on the G, on the... Um, oh, she told you off. On the... Well, she didn't tell me off, but on the Google Drive. And I was like... Thank you very much, because I never would have remembered to do that. So I sent out all five of them on the email and then put it all up there. So if anyone has been looking for that, they are up there now. Yeah. That's my mistake. And we had a message from Ellie. Ellie Can we do full names? Don't do full names. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Beep. <laughs> we had a message from Ellie Beep. <laughs> from Ellie Beep. <laughs> Hi. I've been listening... I think she has an accent. Mm. <laughs> I'm not doing an yeah, accent. Yeah, I think she's from uh, Northern Ireland. Oh, <laughs> off you go. No, I can't. Not on the spot. Hi. <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast for a year now. As extra vision on the bus before my lessons. Very helpful. Thank you. A wider reading recommendation from her teacher, and it's The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins. And it's very good info on gene expression. So thank you, Ellie, for and the that, recommendation and your lovely email. That will definitely come up when we look at the genetic technology and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. in that topic. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And I've also got an email from my, my best mate, Warren Beep. And he <laughs> is uh, returning to uh, learning biology after retiring from a career in the fire service. 
which is awesome, and I love that. Yeah, well uh, done. I'm starting with GCSE English, Maths, Biology and Chemistry, and I'm finding your podcast really engaging. Wish there was a chemistry equivalent, lol. Thanks so much for the time you have spent to make your podcast. You are fantastic. So thank you, Warren. And then I responded just to basically tell him that if he's doing his GCSEs, then he can start listening to our GCSE biology podcast, which now yeah. has, might have two episodes out yeah. by now. And he was ecstatic about this. He loved that. And asked us if we were going to do the chemistry. And I said, we will. We will do the GCSE chemistry at some point. But it might not be in time for him to It might not be in time it. for Warren. He's recommended our podcasts to his whole biology class and he's passing it on to his tutor next week. Thanks from the oh, bottom of my heart. Oh, what a legend! And he said, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If I could send him <laughs> podcast swag of some kind, yeah. I would. But <laughs> I don't know who you are. So, But thank you so much. His name much. is Warren Beep. <laughs> There's a lot of beeps today. <laughs> These, all these so, beeps. Um, the only message I've had recently is from Maisie, who oh said, yeah. Hi, love the podcast. Please do an episode on why you can't get sunburnt through glass. So fascinating. <laughs> that was That is our sister. She sent me an actual message on Instagram. She's I, such a nice person. I can't wait for that episode. The can't get sunburnt through glass episode. <laughs> Which is coming out next week. It's not happening. <laughs> Well, me and Maisie are going to record a separate episode. Oh, you do. A you go ahead. Episode, a bonus episode about why you can't get sick. Okay, you go ahead. <laughs> Pair of wallies. Um, we didn't talk about Anne. Hi, Rhea and Sarah. Thank you for your podcast. It's been helping me study for Praxis Biology exam that I need for Teachers College. I did my undergrad in Molecular Biology and Genetics, but that was 10 years ago. So thank you for the refreshers. I'd recommend the book Figuring by Maria Popova for wider reading. It's a story book about scientific discoveries and is like reading the diaries of women scientists from the 1800s. That's amazing. We did put that message on our Instagram story. I'm sure we did. Mm-hmm. But we haven't read it out or said anything about her. So thank you so much, yes. Anne. I've been loving these emails. Learning so much about all the different courses across the world mm. that use the same, obviously it's just science, yeah, so it's they're science. using biology, but there's so many different qualifications yeah. that people can use our podcast for that's just not A-level. Yeah. And that's amazing. Was it the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Oh, good. What was it? Was it the last episode or the one before where we talked about the... It was the one before. Like I will go on to that episode. What, a bit about how we were old? Oh, yeah. I was old. It makes me you laugh so old. much, and I'll go. I'll oh, and then you put that I was time. super old on the on the description of the episode. Well, yeah, because you took the mic out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting my own back. <laughs> I listened to that about six times. You didn't even hear the unedited version. Oh my god! Even oh, funnier. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> but anyway. in, inappropriate for educational mm-hmm. ears. Yes. But anyway, there's this really cool app called Jingle Quiz that everyone should download. I loved it. I did all the levels last night. And then I deleted it and re-downloaded it. So I'm back on level one and we're going to play it at dinner. Oh, really? What is it? <laughs> jingle Quiz. Jingle Quiz? Yeah, you'll find out at dinner. Wait, is it like advert, jingle adverts? And movies and everything. Oh, wow. Yes, I'm so good. excited. Let's go now. Go. <laughs> um, my name is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Ria Corbett. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye.